Dravacraft coffee is the rich CBD-infused coffee, which you can now purchase in any form you want, be it K-cups, whole bean, or ground. They can hit you up with whatever coffee maker you might have. And you can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. It's an awesome product. The CBD is non-psychoactive, and you can order it online, and it will ship fast right to your door, even in quarantine times, which, I mean... Hey, they're starting to lift some of the regulations, so maybe not too far from now you'll be able to try it at some of your favorite coffee houses as well. We're over it, man. Yep, over it, totally. America's decided the pandemic is done. <laughs> it's over. Problem yep. solved. Yep. Just because we decided to. Anyway. Did you ever see that uh, video of Andre when they were when they went to the Senior Bowl and... They were literally in New Orleans, and they were they were having a foot race down the street, and Andre was very drunk, and he kept screaming, It's over! It's over! I, I've seen other videos of that trip. I have oh, not seen that one. That video kills me, because it's just Andre at, like, his rawest form. <laughs> and that's every every time an event or, or in anything ends, that's what I hear in my head. I just hear Dre <laughs> yelling, screaming, It's, it's over! over. <laughs> On that note, Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm sure that's where Andre would go to get his beer to get drunk enough to be yelling, it's over, during the middle of a race. Uh, over a thousand mm-hmm. different varieties of beer to try at Centennial and Highlands Ranch locations. I'm Rudo, he's AJ Hayfley, and while the mystery of the draft still remains, we are going to be getting in a mock draft right about now. First up, though, thank you, Aroboros, for resubscribing, my guy. Much appreciated sticking with us over here on our live Twitch broadcasts. Appreciate you being around. So, mock draft. We're, let's be honest here, and, and we'll talk about a few of these players, but the players that are going to go in the top 10 or realistically maybe even in the top 15 are not options for the Avs. It's just not going to happen. Barring something real weird happening. So, yeah. I And to be clear, we did this mock draft beforehand. We did it up all the way through the Avs pick. So we had our yeah. picks ready and we could just talk about the interesting ones here. Uh, so yeah. we can run through the top 10, I suppose, or so in the first segment. Honestly, the, there's nothing really to say about the first two picks. We had Laffy going one and Byfield going two, as just yeah. about everyone does. I was literally in the process of still trying to wake up when we were making these picks, and even then it was like, okay, Lafreniere going to Detroit, Byfield going to Ottawa. Done. Yeah. Uh, for the record, we didn't have any like lottery. We didn't do anything like that. We just simply did... Um, points percentage when the season ended. Yep. You got to work with what you got until they have something more concrete about what's happening happening with the draft, which hopefully will come next week. But for now, this is a an, an early run through. And honestly, the focus of these picks was more towards Colorado's end and where they're picking. So, Yeah. And uh, just again, for clarification of process, uh, Rudo did the odd numbered picks. I did the even number picks. Yep. So, when one of us did something weird, you can yell at us based on the odd or evens. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that you could you that that way you could guide the the anger a little bit if you if you want. Which getting right into it, Ottawa with the back to back picks at two and three, assuming there is no lottery 
effect to it. They took Byfield at two to grab a center, so I went wing with them at three and ultimately took Raymond because I like him more than Stutzel. Uh, I think he's going to fit Ottawa a little bit better as well as a very well-rounded offensive player. They don't necessarily need as much size and strength when they have other players like Brady Kachuk, and and they can fit into that game with a, a nice facilitator on the other side. Let me ask, uh, was there any temptation for Holtz here to, to put Byfield with Kachuk and then Holtz on the right side? Um, Like down the road as an ideal, like you're roster baiting and this is what you come up with? I mean, me personally, there's always a temptation to take Holtz, but I don't think Ottawa would be that tempted by that. When you're looking at more well-rounded forwards, I think you... Maybe there's a temptation for Stutzel, certainly, if they wanted to double dip at center, or maybe they're looking to move someone like Perfetti to the wing or something like that. I think it would be more realistic for them over a Holtz at that point. Okay. Just, yeah. I I was just I was just curious, because I thought that down the road that could be... It sounds like that could be fun to me. Like I think it would the, be fun. The, the power forward, and then you have the dominant center. I, I think feel like it do yeah, a little of everything. It's just hard. As as much as I love the guy, it's just hard for me to see Holtz going ahead of Raymond. I, it's just so easy to plug and place Raymond in in more situations than it is Holtz. So, okay, I was just curious. Um, I had Stutzel going fourth uh, to Los Angeles. To me, that he's the best player left on the board. Yeah, and I think a good fit no, for LA too. Yeah, no need to get cute. Uh, I think there's a temptation for for Drysdale there, but I I'm not um, I'm not as sold on Drysdale being kind of that top flight defender. Even though Drysdale, the Los Angeles has a really good forward uh, collection of forward prospects. Uh, I'm still I'm still taking Stutzel here because I just think that he has the highest upside, and that's what drafting at the top of the draft is all about. You know, you don't. You don't need to get too cute um, when you're rebuilding and you're trying to. Yep. You're just trying to get talent to the NHL. So yep. for me, Stutzel. Take the BPA when you're in a situation like yeah. LA. Basically, I have him as such a potential high-end NHL player that um, it was. This was an easy one for me. Yeah, I, I don't think that one was that tough either. At the same time, I do think Drysdale is still the best defenseman in the class, even if I'm, I'm not amazingly high on him either. But at five, I have Anaheim taking him. Uh, we've talked before on the show how they have essentially traded away a, a decent six-man defensive core in Anaheim. So, Yeah, I have, a, I have a thread somewhere on Twitter where every time they do it, I, I just add a tweet to it. Yep, so... You know, they they can always refill the well a little bit there on the defensive side, yeah. I think. They need restocking. They, right, and they already have some decent young young stuff coming up with Sam Steele and, and Comtois and all that. So Yeah, they've been going very forward heavy the last few years. Now that they're in the top five, I, hey, this is – you just take – you this, this is fine. Um, tell you, if I was drafted for Anaheim, I wouldn't have taken him, but I totally get where you're coming from. So – that's the way I went with it, and AJ and I were joking before the show. If Anaheim takes them, you know it's going to be a good pick. So, <laughs> right, whoever Anaheim takes, I'm just even if I like them or don't, it's just like, oh, well, they did well. Yep. <laughs> so that's kind of the way it goes with them. Um, <laughs> and 
there's enough of a gap there that I think could certainly see Drysdale falling out of the top five, but yeah, anywhere in that area I think is fine for him. I just I I think that um, the combination of Perfetti and Rossi, and I love Perfetti myself. But... Right, me too. And I just think at at five, at five right there, you're gonna re- even though they've got some nice forward talent coming up. None of them I I I don't like any of them as much as I like Cole Perfetti. Yeah, I, in a different world where it's not <clears throat> Ottawa picking two and three, and whoever's in that three hole can take a center realistically. Yeah. I seriously think about Perfetti. Yeah, I mean, maybe Ottawa even does it. You know, maybe just go center, center, and say for yeah. we're done with this position forever. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, kind of the way that. So our next pick is New Jersey, and I, I made New Jersey as in this. They have three first round picks. For the record, we didn't worry about conditions and all that. Yeah, um, it was whatever first round picks got traded, they conveyed, and we weren't gonna. We aren't going to mess with whatever happens with conditions. So. Again, it's an early mock. When things get more sorted yeah. out, we'll have another one where everything is, right. is organized by what we know. Yep. And so this was just because, hey, we've been jumping into the draft stuff. No better way to actually get to it than seeing what it might actually look like. So uh, I've got New Jersey at six. They are bummed out that they miss out on Drysdale yep. uh, because they, you know, this is a team. Hey, they went center center. They had two first overall picks in three years. Right. So, and they're sitting on Hishier and Hughes, and them them taking Perfetti and Rossi just doesn't feel like something that's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. You know, unless they've um, completely lost faith in in Hishier, which I don't think they have. I boy, that would be a quick yeah hook. Given given that he's been good for them, he, right? He's, uh, he he's hasn't had been, fifty point seasons, right? It hasn't like, been special or anything, but like if if Hughes becomes like your number one and he sure is your number two as a fifty some odd point, fifty sixty point guy, you're good with that, you know, yeah, yeah. You're fine there. You don't need to take a Perfetti or a Rossi. And the thing is, is I don't think any of these guys make sense as like the third center, right? As like the Jordan Stall buried behind Crosby and Malkin. You know, Stahl was uniquely equipped for that, and I don't think any of these guys are. So I'm not I'm not messing with that. Um, there isn't a defender that I'm comfortable taking at six because yeah, this is really what Jersey Drysdale. should do. Yeah, but Jersey's got three first round picks. They don't have to. They don't have to force anything. So um, I'm just taking Alexander Holtz and dropping him next to one of those one of those two centers as my premier goal scorer moving forward. Yep. I- I'm pretty comfortable with that. Uh, you have the centers there. You can put someone like that next to a player like that, and you don't have to think about it. You just say, you tell that yeah. kid to be exactly who he is, go out there and shoot the puck, and, yeah, and you're definitely. feeling good about it. So pretty straightforward there, uh, and it made my job really easy at seven with Buffalo to say, well, Cole, for Petty, Cole Perfetti's still there at seven. Slam dunk that one home for Buffalo and and yeah. move on. Don't don't necessarily need another center, but I've always been iffy on Dylan Cousins projecting as a center in the NHL. This would make it easier to move him over, and then you could be talking about four guys in the top six in Buffalo down the road in Reinhardt, Eichel, uh, Cousins, and Perfetti, and you're off to a that's finally. They start to make some real headway in building a really a, a lineup that you should be afraid of. Well, and 
yes, they do already have middle stat, but picking up a high-end talent like Perfetti makes it feel a little bit less bad if middle stat doesn't pan out in the end. Yeah, for me, I'm not worried about... uh, Middle stat is whatever. If he pans out for Buffalo eventually, awesome. But I'm not passing up on Perfetti or Rossi. Exactly. Like there's, I'm not passing up on the centers uh, that are sitting here staring me in the face, um, just to, just because of because because Casey Middlestat may work out. That for me, that's an easy. We'll deal with that down the road. This is again, you're just trying to get talent. Buffalo cannot get greedy, can't get cute. Just take the best players. They already, I you know. <laughs> I thought I was I was iffy on their decision to go with Cousins ahead of Zgross uh, last year. I'm still iffy on that decision. But Don't make the same mistake twice there and just take Perfetti. <laughs> right, just to Cole Perfetti is is dynamite. Yep, just take him and let it let it ride. Yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with that. Um, and that it, like it was easy for you. Yep. <laughs> um taking Perfetti for for seven for me at eight. To me, there's there's a clear top eight in this draft class. Yeah, and I agree. Um, that leaves Montreal with a very enviable position where they're going to get Marco Rossi and they're going to get a, another, you know, center continues to be a problem position for them. You know, they took Okaniemi third a couple years ago and he finished last season in the AHL. So yep. he's, he's, he's working his way backwards right now. And we aren't, you're just not super confident what's going to happen with him in the future. So taking Rossi here at eight is a steal. This is, this is great value. This, they didn't have to do anything. They just sat, sat tight. They fill a need. They get a very, very, very good player. And this is, this is a draft day home run for, for the Canadians. And, you know, Cole Caulfield's coming and now he's got a guy to distribute him the puck. Yep. And it just, it lines up so well for them. Uh, I think they're, yeah, they're kicking their hands up when they uh, they see Rossi fall to them at eight, basically, you know. Yep, and this is really where things got interesting for us, and they took, boy, did they jump off fast for us. Yeah, things uh, things spiraled very quickly after eight. Uh, at nine, I had Chicago, and this was just a little bit too high for me to take Sanderson for them. Well, and they've invested so many picks on defense the last few years. I, the, while they've invested them, a lot of them have not been the best. Well, and they traded Yoki Hario already. Yeah, and then and like so they're, they're one NHLer they'd gotten so far, they got rid of. But. Well, and, and now Bulkvist is on the way. They Ian Mitchell signed, yep. um, so he's he's turning pro. Um, there's more guys I'm arm. I totally have forgotten all of them because there were there were a handful of guys that they've taken. Right. Uh, but Nick Bowden is still is still progressing in this system um yeah so they've dedicated a lot of they've dedicated a lot of picks to the position and there isn't a guy that i love here yeah i i agree i and so i stayed away from sanderson i went forward here as well uh they already have kirby doc so i went with a winger here uh kane isn't getting any younger still extremely talented but mm-hmm. they have kubalak on the left side who put up 30 goals this year and I went with the other goal scorer uh, in this draft class, and Jack Quinn with the with the fifty goals. Uh, 
you know, there have been questions a little bit there about the guy who picked right in front of him, who was uh, who was really driving that engine. But we've seen a bit of a rise in these guys, especially as you mentioned, Caulfield having such a good secondary year uh, in college. I think you're starting to see these guys who can truly fire the puck start to gain a little bit of traction in these NHL drafts again. So, yeah, I think they're just rounding out their future lines there where you can basically run a line in the future of Kublak, Doc, and uh, Quinn and just have Doc distribute the hell out of that puck and, and watch them snipe goals. Yeah, and then, you know, assuming Taves doesn't go anywhere when that contract expires and you have Taves and Kane. Yep. And DeBrincat still hanging around, and Chicago's Chicago's forward core looks just fine. Yep, and that's that's. I mean, we're not even considering the possibility that Dylan Strom and Alex Neeland are a long term. Yeah, hit for them. Like if all those guys work out, dude, Chicago's going to be a really big problem. They, they moving start forward. threatening Florida levels of forward core at that point. <laughs> <laughs> right, a good way to put it. Um, I've got New Jersey yet again uh, on the pick. This is the this is the pick they got in exchange for Taylor Hall. Yep. So definitely not what the uh, Coyotes were expecting. <laughs> um, but I have uh, so that's that's the this pick, and with with that in mind, um, I did I am reaching on the defenseman. I'm taking a player that I don't like nearly as much as everybody else. But uh, this is a, they need defense. They this this is an organization that just needs D help. They've invested a lot in in the forward position, uh, as we've talked about. Um, even though they took some defenders uh, last year and they took Ty Smith two years ago, they don't have uh, they don't have a lot on the way back there. So I've got New Jersey using the tenth pick and their second first rounder on Jake Sanderson. Yeah, I mean. Look, they already went out and got Holtz with their first pick, right? They mm-hmm. already have Hughes and Hishier down the middle, as yep. we already talked about. It. Where are the holes left in this team? In you know, not the immediate, but in the shorter term. You know, I, I, there might be an argument to be made that they need another another winger here. Palmieri ain't getting any younger, and things like that. But oh, they they need they just need more everything, talent, right? but. They had, I mean, this is a team that had uh, six, I think, top 100 picks last year. Yep. And they used three of them on defenders and three of them on forwards. So they're they're throwing assets at at the problem here. And like they're they're trying, but until those guys still start to turn out, I mean, you just got to keep going. Well, and and you look at their defense too, right? PK has not been the player they hoped he would be. Butcher has regressed significantly from his first year in the league. Even they really don't have a top flight defenseman with the best one, maybe being Severson. Yeah. They're and their top young guys, Ty Smith, who even as a big Ty Smith fan, it's like, Hey, this, he's not going to be a number one for you. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to play. He's only going to play on your top pairing because you have a bad team. Right. Like, He's he's a good puck mover. He's a really good skater. He's a good distributor, smart defender, all those things, right? But he he's going to be a second pairing guy for you. And right now, you know, he's had he he's had kind of a slower path to the NHL than you would have thought in his draft year. Where I thought he was going to be, especially going to an organization that just needed defense, I thought he would be in the NHL by now. Yeah, 
I tend to agree with you on that one, but that wraps up the top 10 of this mock, so we'll go ahead and take our first break there as it's time to crack a brew and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery as the official beer of DNVR. You know we love those guys over there and help them out down at their farmhouse down in Littleton. If you're looking to get out of the house a little bit, just schedule some lunch for pickup or something like that. You can always head down there and get five bucks off when you use code DNVR to pick up your food, and you can pick up a 15-can sampler pack of all your favorite Breck brews as well. Great. I really cannot recommend their beer enough. I drink literally all of them, so you know it's going to be good coming from me. You can reach them at 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for that pickup. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, another place to pick up your Breck brew. I'm Ruto. He's AJ. We're mock drafting today. And we are to the 11th pick, which is the much-hated Minnesota Wild. And I gave them a pretty good player at 11. Uh, They need center help pretty badly. I feel like we did right by the Central Division as a whole looking at this draft. You go down this list of all the teams in the Central that we picked for, I don't think any of their fans can come at us and be like, you're just a oh. hater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We did we did right by the central. Yeah, if we gave them quality players top to bottom, as these next two picks are going to show. Uh, yep. I went with Connor Zary for Minnesota. Uh, you know, I think that's a, a pretty high-end, high-ceiling, I guess I should say, offensive talent that they can jump into. Koivu is ancient at this point. It is what it is. They're stuck with Parise and Suter as long as those contracts exist. But if they need to start rebuilding out that team, none of their forwards have really put it all together on the younger side, as you've seen guys like Eric Zach <sighs> struggle for them. Well, and they haven't taken a center with a high pick since they used, since they drafted Luke Cunnan in 2016. Yep. And as we've seen with Cunnan, like he's he's an okay NHLer. Sure. Um, like he, you know, he's coming off his best season to date and he's an NHL player the same way Eric, uh, Joel Erickson Eck is, who's another center, Throw but it's Greenway like, in there too. Yeah. And, and like, these guys are, these guys are okay. Like they're fine, but they're not the high end talents that they need. And they just, they, they didn't draft a center last year yep. until the 172nd pick. Um, the, just the year not before. Reliable, yeah. Yeah. Right, you're not you're not drafting Nikita Nestorenko 172nd <laughs> overall out of high school and saying <laughs> that's our center our, of the future. <laughs> you're our one C baby. <laughs> like that's not quite how it's gonna go. Yeah. Um. And then they're the ones the the centers that they took a couple years ago uh, in 2018. The the Jack McBain was the top guy, and uh, he can't skate. Yeah. So. I That's mean, a problem. Never liked the McBain pick, honestly. But yeah, well, and then you know after and, and anyway, they they took some really intriguing forwards last year uh, in Matt Boldy, uh, Vlad Firstov, and Adam Beckman, and and they found uh, out those... immediately this year that Matt Boldy doesn't play center. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, everybody found that out the hard way. Uh, but. When he went back to wing and he got put next to New Hook, those dudes blew up together. Yep. Um, so you know a lot of a lot to be excited about for Minnesota at the forward position down the road. They've got some real. They've got some guys that that are, you know, they're all wings though. And so this was the you know Zary at center is just like hey they've got a 
they've got to start throwing picks at this position. They've got to the picks, money in in free agency, whatever it's going to take. Because if you look at their roster, you like the wings, like a Parise, a Zuccarello, like those are they are a little bit older guys, but they're still good NHL players. But they're wings, and you can't build that way. How many times have we had this conversation on this draft or on this pod? You just can't build that way. You need a, the only way you're building that way is if you get a Kane or potentially Lafreniere level player. And right, and Matt Boldy's not that. No. As much as I like him, he's not. So that's yeah. This is Connor's area is them just starting to take a, a legitimate swing on a center, really <laughs> high upside yeah. guys. Yep. So Minnesota liking that pick. We have AJ with Winnipeg at 12 on a pick that makes me sad, but I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, look, and in, in, in the same way that Minnesota's got to start throwing assets at the center position, Winnipeg's got an entire defense to rebuild. They are off to a great – they've got Josh Morrissey, who I really like. Uh, they're off to a good start. They the, the kid that they picked up from New York that I made fun of all summer. Yeah, Pionk has been surprisingly effective. Yeah, he's been really good on on the first power play, um, just passing pucks back and forth between Blake Wheeler and Patrick Line and watching them score. <laughs> and uh, it turns out you can have pretty fat point totals when that's what you do for a living. Yep. Uh, but they need more help on defense. Uh, their first round pick, uh, Hanola, last year was a good start. But I have them taking Braden Schneider here out of the WHL. Um, good size brings brings good effort, good physicality. Um, it's a just, right-handed shot and a different element that they really, really needed. Especially with Sanderson off the board, it's just the perfect pick for them at twelve. It, it yeah. checks all of the boxes that they're looking for. That's the thing. The only the only question about Schneider and why twelve is a little bit high for him is the ultimate upside may not be there. He may not yep. be a top a top pairing guy. And using the twelfth overall pick on a guy who could max out as Ian Cole. Yeah. You can't complain about that. Again, especially for someone like Winnipeg, who we know has trouble yeah. retaining players when they hit free agency. This is a defenseman yeah. that they can lock up for a long time and, and take care of that for them. Yep, and and being a Western Canadian kid, he may not have the As same many level. reservations. Yeah, right. He may not have the same kind of aversion to Winnipeg. You know, playing especially playing in Brandon. Um, yep. You know, it's just down the road. He, it, it, I just, it, everything kind of added up and fit nicely uh, for for Winnipeg taking Schneider here. It's a little bit, it's a little bit high in terms of where I would have him ranked on a board, but it's high, but it's not outrageously high. Yeah, and and given like they have a bad need, like this is a big, big, big need at the position, and there isn't. There isn't another defender that I think is a slam dunk, surefire, like, this is the guy you should take. Yep. After after Jake Sanderson, all bets are off about who the second D is in this year's draft class. Right. You can, you know, Snyder, Gooley, any of the others down a little bit deeper. Yeah. It It is what so. it is, so... I, I think it's a great pick for Winnipeg, to be honest. At 13, we had New York... And I kind of have them falling into their same trap here. Look, they don't have great center depth at all, much like Minnesota. But I have them taking Anton Lundell, which it's a bit of a tough spot for them to pick. I think Lundell is 
probably a very safe shot at an NHLer. I just don't know how much high end is really there with him. This this is like when Minnesota took Nico Koivu. Yep. You're going to get, get a, a solid really, guy out of him, yeah. You're going to get a very polished defensive forward um, where you're just saying, hey, if you end up a 50-point player, we're thrilled. As long as you're an elite defensive forward like we're projecting you to be, we're thrilled if you get us 50 points. And If he ends up having the career of Mikhail Backlund, you're still probably going to be pretty satisfied because the Rangers have found their way to a true number one center. So it doesn't feel like they're hoping for more than they need to when they take a guy like Lundell. And this whose is skill right. level is kind of lacking. And it's one of the teams, one of the few teams in the league that says, you know what, we have Artemi Panarin on the wing that can drive that play for us at the top. So yeah, well, yeah. and Mika's advantage had exploded this year, so yeah. it's like, so you know, if Lundell oh, is no. a solid shutdown center behind Zibanejad in the near closer future I, I yeah realistically he's a player that's probably two years away but I see I think I think his 20 year old season I would expect him you to think push for time one year Rangers. and he's ready to go yeah especially if they put him in the AHL next year and he gets acclimated to North American ice right away yeah I think that's that would true. be they could bring him over yeah if otherwise uh if, if he plays one year in Finland then I think it's it'll probably be years maybe he does the half and half in the age honestly love that pick for them it's just such a good fit it right it makes sense since they have panarin and zabanajad they need center depth i think their highest scoring center behind zabanajad was Cheadle with like 25 points this year or something yeah so they needed a center and that at that point it was a solid pick and one of the best centers left in the high end of the draft so well, and I followed that up. I had Florida next at 14, and then I took a, a center that I am personally a very big fan of, uh, and I went with Dawson Mercer. Uh, I love the character. I love the work ethic. Uh, I love the commitment to the two-way game. He's just a he's a do-everything, jack-of-all-trades type, and I think that, uh, as we saw, he had, a, he had a strong finish to his season, and Yep. People started to come around on his skill level, and I, I'm buying Dawson Mercer's stock. I'm a big fan, and for Florida, look, this this is the the, the name that we haven't brought up yet um, was Yaroslav Askarov, who's the goaltender that we we were were strongly considered at various picks on yep. the on the way to this point. Uh, picking with Florida, I am fully confident they are, they are the one team that I am truly confident will not take him uh, because they took Spencer Knight last year, and so I don't think they're going to take Askarov. Uh, had had there been a different team here, I would have been very, very tempted. But uh, I thought about it also at 12 with Winnipeg, but with Hellebuck and, and yeah. their need for defense, I just skipped it. And... So with with Florida, I'm taking Dawson Mercer. He's just my best forward here, um, and it's a big gap to the next best defenseman. And I wasn't gonna, I wasn't comfortable reaching that much uh, for for another defenseman. So for sure, I'd... Mercer just was best player at the spot, and move on. You know, I think there could have been a conversation with Gooley there. It is a, definitely a bit of a reach at 14, but yeah, it was. It was more of a reach than I was comfortable with, whereas Schneider checked so many boxes. Yeah. Goulet's, Goulet's biggest box that he checks is plays defense. Right. And uh, that just, it. 
I don't, I'm not buying Goulet enough that I was that comfortable when there are as many for like potential high, high end forwards. Yeah. Right. High quality forward guys that I, that I really like. And there, there are four forwards that I really, really like that I would have had, uh, that I would have considered before I got down to Goulet. And, um, so that's, that's the, that's, this was just a pure BPA highest guy on my board. No other considerations yep. because the difference between Mercer and Kula for me is significant. Yep. So he took Mercer there. And <clears throat> as he mentioned, a lot of, lot of thoughts about mm-hmm. Askarov. And once we hit 15 with Columbus, it was just too far for him to fall. Even for me, the goaltender hater, uh, I think Columbus is in a great spot to pick him as well as they have uh, Elvis and Corpusalo both signed for the next two years on kind of prove it sort of deals that you guys are for real in the NHL. So you can give two years to Askarov to, to sort things out, get him over to the NHL side of things and then let him rip. And if you have a lot more faith in Elvis than I do, something you might want to double think with that pick, but, I don't think Elvis is the goaltender he was on his wicked hot streak through this season. So Askarov is a true number one that they can put in their system. And if, if Elvis ends up being a hard number, a real legit number one in the NHL, then Askarov turns into one of the most coveted trade pieces in the NHL. Exactly. You have a, initially you'll have an extremely solid backup in the NHL and you're going to get calls all day long on that guy and and in the right market teams will pay a big premium for a goaltender like that so yep if they're confident that uh the difference between him and a guy like Sorokin with the Islanders uh is that the Islanders have needed Sorokin yep and if they if Elvis turns out to be for real if Merzlikens is awesome then they don't they they it's fine but this is just this is just marrying value with um, a potential superstar at at his position. Yeah, it it's it made sense. The time frame makes sense with the goaltenders that they have, and Askarov dropping dropping much further than this, and a team is just going to take him. So, yeah. Honestly, um, I had the next pick with Calgary, and had you not taken Askarov, I was taking him with Calgary. Yeah. I, you can't ride the the Mike Smith Cam Talbot carousel for so long, you know, before you gotta find a yeah. real answer. Yeah, and uh, you know they've got to be really encouraged about what they got out of last year's seventh rounder and Dustin Wolf. But that again, you're not you're not using your seventh rounder as justification to pass up on a talent like Gasparov. Right. Exactly. Um, so for them, you know, with that pick, I am uh, I, I am taking Dylan Holloway. This is an interesting pick, but uh, the, I'll say I'm not as high on Holloway, but this is an organization that has drafted a whole lot of college kids and USHL kids over the last several years. And so that's, that's, that's clearly either a scout or a league or a development track or whatever it is that they're, they're very comfortable with. That's it. They're very comfortable with it. They have drafted a bunch of USHLers. And uh, obviously, Holloway is already in college hockey. And I yep. mentioned the USHL because USHLers become NCAA players. That's the route um, that they take almost every time. Yep. Yep. 
And so um, Holloway, his freshman year at Wisconsin, he had top 10 hype coming into the year. Wisconsin was kind of like the Nashville Predators of college hockey, where they just sort of, as a, as a group, underwhelmed given their talent uh, on hand. So, and Holloway was a big part of that. There were some injuries, but overall, something just didn't click with that Wisconsin team. I can't say that I'm incredibly surprised having watched Tony Granato be a head coach before, but <laughs> um, I certainly thought that, let's just say that this is predictable for yep. Wisconsin. Yeah, but they're going to get a lot of they're going to get a lot of high end recruits while he's there, but he may not know totally what the hell he's doing with them. <laughs> but I like Holloway enough that this feels like a good fit for Calgary. They need some forward help. Um, they they need a little bit of everything, honestly. That yep. to the point where it's like they they don't need to worry about it. They can just take the top guy on the board. And for me, that's uh, a, a route they're comfortable with. In, in the USHL college hockey route uh, in Holloway, a guy that they can give a couple of years to. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with the, just take BPA for them right here. I yeah. think is pretty straightforward. And then that happens to be Holloway at this point for you. I, I'm not a big Holloway fan either, but you know, he's going to go somewhere in that late teen range, I think. Yeah. I, he's actually my guy that I've kind of identified as like the forward that, Everybody just sort of drops in the middle of their first round. Yep. That I think has a very real chance to slip. Fall potential, but maybe. Yep. Yeah. I think he's got the uh, Ryan Suzuki potential this year. If he was Ryan Suzuki, I'd be all over him, but you know. (laughs) You're telling me, man. (laughs) That the Ryan Suzuki Joe Valeno of this year's draft, I think could be Holloway. With the difference being that I don't love him. Right. No, you and I are in love with that (laughs) All right. Well, with that, New Jersey picks for the third time in the first round (laughs) at 17. And there were a couple of ways. I was really tempted to go Amarov here. uh, But ultimately, I said, you know what? They need to rely on their young forwards of Hughes and uh, Hishier down the middle to get them through with uh, Holtz. So they got Sanderson at 10, and I'm saying they're shoring up their D for the foreseeable future and taking Gooley at 17. So three first-rounders, and they walk out with Alexander Holtz, Jake Sanderson, and Caden Goulet. Yep. Two of the, in my opinion, two of the three best defensemen in the draft. Yeah. And Even though you and I aren't as high on Sanderson as a lot of people are, yep. we both still have him as the second-best D. Yep. So... So, like, you're talking about picking some nits there. Exactly. And and really, for a, for an organization that, as we've talked about earlier, needed needs defense, um, I think this is a really good draft night for them. Yep. They, they walk away filling out that defense very nicely, and they get, in my opinion, at least a top three shooter in the draft, if not the best shooter in the draft in, yeah. in Holtz. In Holtz, yeah. I think that's fair. So, it, I, if I'm New Jersey, for them. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a good night for them. There, those fans should feel the way that we did last year after Byram Newhook. Yeah, exactly. Where we had identified that as a possibility, and said if that happened, we're gonna be super excited. <laughs> and it happened, and we were super excited, and everything that's happened since then has has been excellent. Home. Yeah. 
why we were that we were that amped about it. All right. So 18, back to AJ with another Central Division opponent in Nashville. Yeah, and this was one. Um, they've drafted a ton of forwards in the last several years. Um, they have not been nearly as uh, defensive focused as they have been previously. Yep. Because, I mean, you remember uh, the Sam Gerrard draft. In 2016, they took Dante Fabro, uh, Sam Gerard, yeah. Frederick Allard, and uh, they took some Swedish kid after that too. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, okay, like this is just. And that was on a team that back. already like, had a top four of yeah, Yossi Ellis, Ekholm, and the... that was the team that traded Seth Jones yeah. because it was they had too many defenders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I, I did really think about them going with the defenseman here but what i did instead is i just said you know what this is a team that's looking for dynamic high-end talent yep. no matter how they can get it and that's why i went with hendrix lapierre um he's got the concussion concerns he's got the you know what happened last year was it misdiagnosed was it not whatever they will get that teams will get that as cleared up as they can during this process uh during the pre-draft process but when it comes to a, a potential high-end talent this was a guy that we talked about at the start of the season that he could be in the top 10 and really you're drafting based on his, his season that he had a year ago, but you're taking the big chance and Nashville can afford to do that. I, I love They're, this pick for Nashville. It's exactly for a half decade. They've been looking for a player that can be a true productive star on the offensive side for them. And Lapierre has that upside, you know, depending on how the injuries and things shake out. And realistically, when you're picking at 18 and there's someone with that much upside, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty tempting. Yep. And so my idea for them is that he's going to, he'll slot in next to Philip Tomasino to create the most dynamic line that basically they've ever had. Yeah. Three or four years from now. So that's where I am with it, man. I thought too good of a talent. Yep. Take him. And even if, even if he doesn't work out, that's what Nashville should be taking chance on. Yeah. I I'm 100% with you. That's, that's kind of how I felt at 19 with Carolina as well as, as I finally had to pull the trigger on Amarov going there. You know, like I said, I, Seriously considered him at 17 even, and Carolina, I think, will be happy to to take that player at 19 off the board, you know, assuming they're cool with the uh, the Russian side of things and, and they have expectations that they can bring a player like that over. I He's got the talent. He's got the experience. He's the type of player that should be able to make the jump directly from the KHL to the NHL for them. And, and have a quicker impact, which if you're getting that out of the 19th overall pick, you're doing something right. Definitely. And they, uh, they've they been very Euro heavy, so. Euro and Russia are two different things a little bit, but yeah. I hear you. But <laughs> I think uh, just speaking in terms of that development path in general, yeah. I think they would be very comfortable with that. Um, and they would obviously have had a conversation with him. Or his representation of, about expectations. Right. And and this is the case for, you know, all of these guys. Like you mentioned with Lapierre, yeah. they're digging into that injury stuff and 
Right, and they're they they are obviously comfortable enough with whatever to make this selection. Yeah. So this is this is assuming there are no off ice issues that we are just not aware of, or that, um, like Lapierre is a guy that probably could have gone to Minnesota. Yep, and that would have been like that would have been a great landing spot for him. But we did account for the injury questions. It's just that at some point it becomes too. He's too tantalizing of a talent, and with Amarov, it's, just, it's the same kind of thing for Carolina. Yep. This is this is he's he's got enough game that there's nobody else on this board right now that it's like, oh my god, you have to take that guy. Right. I mean, this is a guy that got 21 games in the KHL as a 17 year old, basically. So. Yep. I guess he was eight. He's early birthday, but nonetheless, draft eligible player playing right. in the KHL. Which always, always uh, gets your dander up a little bit. Yep. So, so I've got 20, Edmonton. Uh, I think this is the pick that took me the longest to make. I really, Yeah, you were really, digging into Edmonton deep on this one. I really struggled with this one because I always expect them to do something kind of dumb. <laughs> and maybe not, maybe not dumb, but kind of predictable, right? Yep. And last year I had them taking Broberg. From the from the hop, yep. I had them taking Broberg because it just felt like they were gonna they were gonna take that big swing on a guy with good size and good skating that they really liked, and so I'm gonna do it again this year, <laughs> and I'm gonna do the exact same thing, and I'm gonna have them take uh, I'm gonna have them take Helga Bronze. Yeah out of Sweden and back to back six foot three defenseman for Edmonton in the first round. It, it feels very Edmonton, right? Where they what's left on D in this draft. There's certainly an argument to be made that grands is the most well-rounded defensively of them, which Edmonton Mm -hmm. can say, great, throw that back there and let McDavid and dry go ham on the forward side and just give up less goals and call it a day. And that was that was why I had him prioritized specifically for Edmonton over the other guys because there will be other teams that might like uh, a Lucas Cormier more than that, you know. But I specifically liked the fit of Grands in, in Edmonton. It's it just makes sense. It's it's what they're after. It's what they need. The uh, right they could shot. Use forward depth, but everybody could. Yep. They really need. They really need to shore up their defense. Still, the right shot helps too. Is you know, Mike Green's going to yep. be out of there. Matt Benning. Let's be honest, he's probably a tweener NHLer at this point. Yeah, uh, and and uh, the the two good ones that they have in the NHL are both lefty, Clefbaum and Nurse. I mean, they do have Larson on the right side, but yeah, yeah, I think he's. Uh, he's facing UFA in a year or two. That sounds. I I don't have his contract in front of me, but that sounds right. And obviously, starting to get to that age where it's like, <laughs> so I think this would this would be the third year in a row that they took a defender in the first round because they they did Bouchard and Broberg in the last two years. That's a great start, and then I think you add Grands to that, and boy, they could be a real handful. Yep. Um, in a couple of years, man, that's. That's a three-headed monster on the back end of their own that that I think that everybody would have to seriously be worried about. Throw in Ethan Bear as a fourth there as well that can provide I do some like offense. Bear, yeah. yeah, and I'm not I'm I'm not worried so much about Caleb Jones, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. 
but with Bouchard should be graduating, um, Broberg, whenever he gets there, I just, this is just one more guy. It gives them one more really good opportunity to get a, a really solid defenseman because they've got the crazy high end on offense and they just need to yeah. shore it up basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And they've got some interesting, they've got some interesting forward prospects, guys like Raffle of um, Ryan McLeod played in the AHL last year uh, and had a nice year. Guy like Tyler Benson, Kyler Yamamoto, whatever the hell's going to happen with Jesse Puglia Yarby. Yeah. I don't know. But I I just think Edmonton is on the verge of something special. And I think Grands kind of just puts them one step Solidifies closer. for sure. Yeah. Well, that's the top 20. So we're going to take another quick break here as we're starting to run a little long. But. When you're not sitting around doing mock drafts, you can find AJ and I often on WGT Golf. As the most popular game in the world, we have a tournament coming up this weekend. So be sure to jump in on dnvrgolf.com, download WGT today from there, and join the DNVR clubhouse so you can get in and and make us look bad because we don't know how to putt in that game, basically. But it's played by over 20 million players around the yeah. world, and they have amazing real-to-life courses, including Pebble Beach, Bethpage, Black, St. Andrews, and many others with numerous ways to play and, uh, yeah, beat the DNVR crew anytime you want on there, dnvrgolf.com. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ. So here we go. We're starting to get into the Avs range now. We saw Grands go at 20. We're going to see a bunch of other guys that, you know, the Avs are maybe hoping to fall to them a little bit in these next seven picks. So of the guys that are on the board right now, and obviously we know how this turns out, so uh, we can't be disappointed or whatever, but of the guys that are still on the board right now, who are the guys that you like the most for the Avs pick? I mean, the guy that I have been railing for from the beginning is is Caden Gooley, but realistically... Okay. Yeah, I mean, guy of the guys that are still sitting here on yeah, the board. Oh, okay, I mean, you mean people who are still here. Um, Yeah, from, from 21, because we're at pick 21 right now, and this is when we start to get like... Yep. All right, all right, all right. Now, if, they, if, if these guys go then the abs are guaranteed to have a shot at these guys that I like. So who are the guys that you like that you're trying to talk yourself into all these scenarios happening so that the abs have a shot at them? Uh, I'll pick a forward and a D here. For the D, okay. Wallander, I think, especially with Grands off the board, I think Wallander is the best D left in the class at this point. Okay, fair enough. And for forward, Perot. Wow. Yep. That surprised me. Really? Yeah. I, well, because I talked about Perot when we first talked about this draft class months ago, and you were very yeah well, warm on him. Then I watched more Sarnia, and I was like, oh. <laughs> he can shoot, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. Um, that surprises me, but um, I would agree with you on Wallander. I think the forward that I would start, that I, I would still have full confidence isn't getting to Colorado, but I would have the long shot hope for is probably Jarvis. I like Jarvis. Um, I think, I just don't know that that one's realistic at getting to 27. Yeah. It feels like, but of course, again, we said these things. Yeah, right. And about yeah. Joe Valeno. And, and he made you know, it to 31. 
Right, like we were like Joe Valeno. There's no way Joe Valeno gets to 16, and then he gets all the way to 31, and it was like, <laughs> what is happening? Yep. Yeah, straight up. So, yeah, I, look, if the Avs ended up with any three of those guys, killer. It, as uh, Luke from Winnipeg also mentioned, O'Rourke, which is someone we'll get into in a bit, I'm sure. Uh, yep. But we will talk. We will talk. We will talk the other roar. Starting with pick 21 and Ottawa's third pick of the draft. Um, I didn't beat around the bush with Ottawa. As I went defenseman with New Jersey's third pick, but if we're going three forwards with Ottawa in this draft, I'm taking Maverick Bork at 21 as a, a well-rounded forward talent for them and gives them another bullet in the chamber when it comes to rounding out their forward core as their defense is young and solid. I don't think they need a ton of help back there, to be honest with you. Well, they've got Shabbat already yep. in the NHL, already proving himself solid, right? Yep. But they also took Lassie Thompson with their first rounder last year. Who is someone I liked. <laughs> and me too. Not at 19, but I did like him. Um, and then they took Jacob Bernard Docker and Johnny Taconic yep. the year before that in the top 50. They have those bullets. And this is like, you, you joke all you want. Oh, they also have Max Lujois in the NHL. Yep. As a young guy that could establish himself as a legit NHL or if he can stay healthy. The, the, the thing, man, Not is to that. Brandstrom too now. Ottawa. Yeah. And that's the guy I always. I always forget about the brand wagon. <laughs> uh, Brandstrom uh, put him on that list as well, obviously, in a big, big way, probably in caps. Um, be, because that's this is an organization that we have all enjoyed making fun of, but has flipped the script hard. Yep. And with them getting two top five picks this year, guaranteed, they're going to walk out of this first round with Quentin Byfield and Lucas Raymond, which is already an insane deal for them to add Maverick Bork to it. It's pretty heady stuff at that point. <laughs> it's, it's such a solid haul for them as Bork is a, he's a good all around player. Yep. We'll, we'll see how he develops, but with Colin white with, and now Quentin Byfield on hand and, you know, with Brady Kachuk and Lucas Raymond, they don't need a superstar here. Well, they can be perfectly happy with, oh, he's good. Exactly. It's, you know, they have, man, all, over half their forward core needs to be re-signed this year. But a couple of years down the line, a Bork you're looking at, can we drop this guy in and replace a Chris Tierney or uh, – you know, Bobby Ryan is, isn't getting any younger and they finally only have a couple years left on that deal. Yeah. When they're replacing Jeez. those guys with the young prospect core that they've built, uh, things can turn around very, very quickly for them. Yeah. I mean, you add Drake Batherson and Alex Foreman into that group too. Yeah, exactly. So, and those guys are <laughs> Ali, man. <laughs> That's Ottawa's Ottawa is turning themselves very quietly into a monstrosity. As long as they just pay their players and stuff, you know, but <laughs> am I, are, are we concerned? We'll, we'll ask Luke's question here. Um, In a couple picks. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought he was the next one. You're right. My bad. <laughs> Dallas on the board. 
Yeah. When uh, I went to pick for Dallas, I I sort of you pick like Dallas picks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sarcastically asked Rudo, "Who's the biggest guy on the board?" <laughs> and then I took Noel Gundler because yep. that's such a Dallas pick. It really is. Power forward tendencies definitely yep. on the bigger side. Can yep. shoot Great the hell shoot. out of the puck. Yep. Has one like legit NHL skill and has good size, and then everything else they just hope gets figured out. Yeah. That it fits Dallas to a T. It you're in the mid twenties, you're starting to get to the point where Gunler's talents outweigh some of the questions on the kid. And yep. yeah, just makes sense. Yeah, and it's Dallas where there doesn't seem to be any punishment for blowing a pick, so Yep. <laughs> Can why, fit in with why, the... why not go ham if you have that kind of job security? You might as well take a really high upside guy like that. It just yep. makes sense. If it works, you look like a genius and there's no punishment, so why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't have to, you don't even worry. You're just like, oh, it worked. What the problem is. So, moving on to 23, which is another Rangers pick. And this is where as Luke questions, we are getting into Seth Jarvis. I'm taking him for the Rangers here. So again, help round out that forward core. And Luke comes in with the tier two sub. Much appreciated, man. That really helps us out. For all y'all out there who are subbed, it's, it's it helps us a ton in these times. We really appreciate it getting us through. And yeah, that's why we're here, hanging out. I hope y'all are enjoying it. But with Jarvis at 23, uh, Luke did ask specifically if we are concerned that Jarvis is another Nick Patan or Ty Ratty type. Um, yeah, there were some concerns that he could fall into that Jag type of player for me, but ultimately kind of the same story here where you, you're getting into the mid twenties. You're not going to get the perfect player here. And I think Jarvis is probably the most well-rounded forward left on the board. So, I like. I think Jarvis has the di- enough dynamic elements to his game that uh, he is a guy that I will take the chance on the size. But his size doesn't worry me at all, to be honest. His size worries me because he's. Um, I don't mind short. I mind short and slim. It's not Tyler Weiss level. It's yeah, not 150 uh, uh, pounds. Right. I was going to say, he's not that slim, but. Like, obviously, he's not like the, he's not like rail thin, but he doesn't. I, I worry that the frame, if he gets up to 190, it takes away some of the dynamic skating ability. He's not, he's already not like a yeah, he's dynamite not, skater. Not a burner or anything, but. But I, I think he's, I think he's fast enough north-south. I think he gets up and down the ice well. And you're already, if you're if you're a smaller guy, you usually need to, the better a skater you need to be. And if he adds weight to bulk up to a, to a, a frame that I think he's going to need to in order to be able to sustain, you know, to be able to play His 82 play games style, a year, yeah. Then I worry how much him bulking up is going to take away from what is already not the kind of skating ability that he needs to succeed at his size. I, so those are my concerns with Jarvis, but I like, I think he's dynamic enough that 
if I'm picking in the 20s, I don't care. I guess I don't think he maybe needs to bulk up quite as much as you do. Like, I think he's okay in that Duchesne 180, 185 range. He gets to 190, and I would be... If he can get to 190 and stay where he is, I'm all in. Kid's going to be great. Yeah. Five tenths pounds less, I think. I don't think he needs to be quite that big, but... You know, again, dynamic in that he scored 42 goals and and put up 56 assists as well. So, you know, there are different avenues for success to him on the offensive side. Granted, as Luke brought up, he did play for Portland, which is uh, can be a bit run and gun out there at times. And I mean, you know, they were the team that just announced bankruptcy, right? (laughs) So... Uh, somebody, somebody told us the other day that somebody bought yeah, them. Yeah, they, like, I think they were going to announce bankruptcy and someone bought them or something, but I don't know the exact details. Hopefully, hopefully they're fine long term, because yeah. that's been a big thing there. Yeah. I would love for them to stay. Me too. The more junior teams in the States, the better, in my opinion, so. Um, yeah, anyway, Seth Jarvis, my 23rd pick to the Rangers. They already had their solid guy uh, in Lundell earlier in the draft, too, so they can take a bit of a shot on a guy. Yeah, I mean, two centers, this is this is sweet. Um, I, I think that they, uh, they did, they've, they've done just fine here. So we get to Minnesota's second pick. Um, who's their first pick? Zary. Yep. Uh, I had this one. Uh, I just went ahead and took the top defender left on my board and William Wallander. Yeah. Good size, good skater. Good value, given the defenseman yeah, that Yeah, solid upside. Yep. Um, trying to make up for what looks like a complete disaster of a pick with Philip Johansson two years ago. Yep. Also a 24th overall, so... Don't screw it um, up this time. <laughs> that's... And, and you talk about a team that has not... They drafted Marshall Warren last year as their only defense. That's the only defenseman they took yep. last year. The year before that, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Philip Johansson. Which is total whiff city. Yeah. Right. And then uh, they used a fifth round pick on another Johansson out of Sweden who could be just as good as Philip at this point. <laughs> and then Jacob Golden in the fifth round in 2017 and a seventh rounder in 2016. So my point is that they have not used. They've used one premium pick on a defense on a defenseman in the last several years, and their and last, yeah, their last quality defensive pick in the first round was Matt Dumba at seven, basically. Yeah, so it's been a while. Um, boy, they've really just kind of abandoned drafting defensemen. I mean, for years now, and they've been good in the NHL, so they can't. The way that the way that they have been with that top four that they've had with Suter and Dumba and Spurgeon and Brodine is kind of where the abs are going to be when uh, if if Byram and Timmons both Get materialize to next to Gerard and Makar, where the abs they may not have to draft another defender for the next several years because they're just fine. Yeah, and and. Then at some point, you know, the, the things will come around and maybe another expansion because right. those guys expansion get older, is going to expansion is going to screw Minnesota again. Yep, <laughs> with the same exact scenario as last time. So um, I'm taking Wallander this time to try and guard against that. He's a guy that, despite being European, it'll still be a couple of years. Boy, Minnesota really has not drafted well since Dumba, basically. 
their best draft pick since Dumbo was Tuck, who is not with them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I some of these guys, like getting an NHLer out of Carson Soucy in the fifth round is good. Uh, sure. The goalie, the goalie Kakinen that just that just came up, he looks like he could be the real deal. Erickson Eck, Greenway, and Cunning are all NHLers. I, I've always loved Ivan Lodnian. I think he's on his way. Kaprizov is, he was in there, right? Yeah, he yep. was in there. He could be a big time star. I love Boldy, Beckman, but these guys are all whatever. I'm just, I'm looking at it, I'm surprised. They've totally abandoned drafting defensemen. Pretty much. So. Like, Will they stick to their plan or are they desperate for one with like Wallander, I guess, is the question there. Wallander, is, it's a small reach here at 24. It is. But they they need to bolster the position. With a high second rounder, they could go back to it, too. Yep. They definitely could. Um, so I had Philly at 25, and they were feeling a bit sad that Wallander went to 24. As I think they're targeting a defenseman here. You know, they have a lot of, of solid youth with Konechny developing into a straight-up star for them yeah and yeah you have to think they still have some hope of getting a little bit more out of someone like a patrick and things like that definitely you're hoping that he ever gets healthy because he hasn't been healthy once in his angel career yep if that ever happens we might get an idea of if nolan patrick's actually good or not yeah so i was really hoping to get wallander here uh but ultimately i took the next best one on my list which was poirier and, and you know, Cam York last year, yep. uh, Poirier this year, then and, and you're right back to building the kind of the kind of pipeline that they had built previously when they had uh Sandheim and Morin and Hag and Provorov and all Ghost Bear was up. a rookie and yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're right back to building that kind of group uh with this with with uh Cam York last year and and taking Poirier this year. And, yeah, I mean, it just helps them out in quite a few ways. They have Provorov locked up. They have Ghost for four more years, but obviously there's been more than a few conversations about him even staying there. And then, you know, contracts are going to come up for guys like Sanheim, for guys like Hag. And Mm -hmm. if they have to start pinching pennies, depending on what happens with the cap, that's where these guys can come into play for them. Yep. So, Poirier at 25, we move on to... Number 26, San Jose, the pick before Colorado here. This was a tough one. I I labored on this one a lot, and uh, part of it was because of San Jose's tradition of drafting Americans uh, and drafting out of American leagues. Yep. And uh, that I kind of pushed me a little bit, and then... Ultimately, I just said, you know what, San Jose has got a—they're desperate for talent, and then they need—they need to score goals. And Jacob Perot, yep, what he does—he scores goals, and this is a team that their offensive core is also falling apart at a rapid rate with what they're going mm-hmm. to have to pay to some people with players aging out. Pavelski already moving on. Thornton, you know, is he even going to come back next year? Right. So they have a, this, this adds to hurdle and the, and the boys. Right. They have they have holes to fill there. And uh, let's be honest, what are you going to do with that defense as long as Ek and Burns are on the team? You know. Yeah. 
how many holes can you really fill back there? You just have to throw those guys out there and trust them to do what they do. And, and they still have, I guess, an aging plastic a little bit, but, you know, he's fine for them in the immediate. Uh, so I think it makes perfect sense. You can start to get a little bit younger as they outside of uh, LeBanc, really, and Meyer. They don't have that much youth, and, and again, there's some questions about paying guys there. So, Yep, and Myers got three years left on that uh, sort of like pseudo-bridge deal that they gave him. Is that the one that has $10 million at the end? Yes, it is. Yeah. So so that's, that's set up to be a potential poison pill um, yep. for them, and hey, if something happens, all right, they've got another, they've got another goal scorer in the pipeline now. Yep, so... I like and they like they like those goal scores, those guys that just shoot it. You know, we saw they they gave that uh, uh, they gave that ELC to to Kotkov. Yeah, because all he does is fire the puck, basically. Yeah, and and they like these guys. Like they've shown time and time again that they're comfortable with those types of guys. They'll they'll take a chance on shooting, and it's worked out pretty well for them. They've gotten some interesting talent out of late round picks where they that's where they go or undrafted guys. Yeah. So um, I'm, this just is a good fit. Would have liked him in Colorado. Yeah. We kind yeah. of talked about it. The same type of style where it's, it's a little it's bit of insurance tough, on Burakovsky maybe, but yeah, it's, it's tough because like you want to make a realistic pick for San Jose, but you also are kind of like, are you subconsciously picking to leave someone else? For right. Colorado? Yep. And if I was not, if, if knowing how much I like Perot as as the fit for the abs, it felt like if I'd left him there, you would have been, been cheating doing a little it. bit. Yeah, I would have been doing it just to leave him for, uh, for the abs. But it, uh, then the more I looked at it, the more I was like, you know, this this makes plenty of sense on its own. Yep. So that brings us so to now we're at twenty seven, and a lot of interesting stuff on the board. I think. Yeah. You know, as as AJ and I talked our way through this pick, we narrowed it down to a handful of players that included Mishak and Brisson on the forward side. Yep. And then was it Baron and Cormier on the defensive side and maybe Mukmadulin? Yes. It was more Baron and Cormier that we kind of had the that had picked out, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, on the outside, Mook Madulin and Ryan O'Rourke were both kind of, like, on the fringe of the conversation. Yep. Where we thought about it, and we were just like, uh, Just doesn't just, feel there's right. Too much, there was too much talent that we liked. Yep, exactly. To take a chance on one of those guys, and so they got cut. And then, um, with, a, with Cormier, it was, what does he do well? And it just was like, look, uh, a whole bunch size... of things the Avs already have for the foreseeable exactly. future, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If they didn't have Sam Gerrard, he'd make a lot more sense. Yep. But they've got Sam Gerrard for his entire twenties because he has a seven-year contract, <laughs> which I still can't believe happened. Yeah, that's locked so... down, and and you know Makar ain't going anywhere. So sorry, bud. <laughs> yep. And so he got he got cut from the list. O'Rourke got cut from the list, and we kind of worked our way down. And you know, we we sort of settled on a jack of all trades type. Yep, it 
as much as I wanted to go D in this draft, we just we couldn't do it. Yep, they ended up as as we said when we were doing uh, some of these some of these when we were talking about some of these guys. Yep, uh, we said these guys always they always rise up. Teams always take them, and the D all did basically. And and then we did this. We did this exercise because it gives you a chance to see. Okay, what does it look like? And every time we were trying to make we were trying to make the best decisions for the teams involved, and the D just went. Yep. It just naturally went. And that left that left us with a couple of forward options that we liked. Yeah. Um, ultimately, uh, I think the decider for me here is as we kind of narrowed it down to Brisson and Mishak. Yeah. Uh, I just wasn't super comfortable with Mishak having bounced all the round. He played for a decent amount of time in the Czech League with okay numbers, yeah. and then he came over to the OHL and played for Hamilton. Uh, hard to get a, a solid read on a player like that. One, because I'm never super confident in the Czech League. And yeah. two... He had good numbers there. He's, you know, he's a guy that I think having the OHL playoffs would have helped me get a read on him a lot better. Oh. Big time. That's a great point, actually. So, not having that makes him a, a hard one for me. Yeah, and for me, it was... I just preferred the center. Always a, a fair choice, especially with a, a late first. And I I really like the way that Brisson projects moving forward, specifically in... Colorado system where he doesn't have to be a star. He doesn't even have to be a secondary star. They can groom him to be a jack of all trades, middle six type. Yep. I agreed. And if he needs to move, if the offense demands that he moves to the wing because they just won't, they, he won't play ahead of McKinnon or new hook. That's fine. Yeah. I'm comfortable with that. Um, Real. he does, he does everything well. Yep. Super well-rounded again, uh, kind of the, a bit bigger than Jarvis has that going for him. A, a little bit. Yeah. Not, not huge, but you, we're not yeah, talking, not a, not a big size separation. You're not talking about adding 15 pounds to this guy like you were with Jarvis. Correct. And first of all, thank you to anonymous for gifting the tier two sub to Jeremy there. Much appreciated. As always, um, but love you, Anon. <laughs> with with Brisson, I think you brought up a good point with the ability to move him to wing. There's also the option, as we saw this year, the Avs were testing out Bowers on the wing. So does yep. that make room for a Brisson type at three C? And these are the types of players that the Avs need to start hitting on with late first round picks, solid quality players that can play a role in your middle six or bottom six, third line types. These are the exact type of guys that you get on an ELC and help push you and keep you under the cap consistently producing players like this. So I think it's a great fit for their system as with Cout and Bowers graduating, it's not something that they have a ton of on the very high end. As much as I love Sasha Mutala, uh, he's not the same type of player that you're going to be getting out of a Brisson. Always have a, some reservations of drafting a guy out of the USHL, but hey, this guy put up 59 points in 45 games in a league that is not known for its scoring unless you play for the USN TDP, which he did not. 
That's legit production. Yeah. And it was this, a steel team that has a number of draft draft eligible guys. Uh, a couple of guys who um, should go in the top hundred. Mm-hmm. So a good team. Like, so those numbers could be, you know, there was some talent it, around him. Yeah. Right. This isn't, this isn't like when Sampo Ranta was playing uh, for Sioux for, Falls or whoever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, it was just like a wasteland of guys around him where he got 35 points and it felt sort of like a mini miracle. Yeah. This is this is a guy on a good team who produced big numbers and uh you know does does it all and is headed to Michigan and I'm I'm excited man I I think if they walked out of this 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 is not a sexy pick this is not it a is not. this is not the new hook oh my gosh this guy's going to show up and blow you away Sort of in the same vein as Cout, I would say. You know, he's projected oh, yeah. to go in this area. He's a super solid, well-rounded player. You're not banking on this insane upside or anything, but you know he's gonna give you some quality minutes. Yep. So that's uh, that's where we settled on Brendan Brisson, and and he's the son of Pat Brisson, who's like the ultimate power agent in the NHL. Yeah. Including so, uh, Nathan McKinnon. So you get on his good side with, uh, jumpstarting the McKinnon contract negotiations by taking a son. There you go. Perfect. Just slip that in there after you take him. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously he's like a super legit prospect on his own. I'm no, totally of course. But... Like not even look, um, not remotely a consideration in this. So just more of a fun fact. Yeah. So that's our Avs pick in our first mock of the the draft season. Avs taking Brendan Brisson. Uh, excited to start diving into him quite a bit more now. Uh, I've watched enough to get a feel for him, but as this played out, and AJ and I both kind of realized this is a legitimate possibility for the Avs. Now, now we get to nitpick him. We get to see all of his little mistakes that he makes, and and, and all of the the quality plays as well. Look, I tell you, we should we should make him uh, focus in our watches next week. Yeah, I I was thinking exactly the same thing. He he's yep. our next target for for y'all to watch along and and get a feel with us. So looking forward to all of that. Um, yeah, a lot more draft content coming your way, one way or another. Uh, still waiting to see exactly what the NHL's plan is, but. What else are we doing right now? So prospect coverage, DNVR coverage, abs coverage. I believe we have a roundtable up of all of us talking about how Nathan McKinnon is legitimately a top three player in the NHL right now. So highly recommend you check that out. But that's going to do it for today. Hope y'all have a great weekend out there and you enjoyed the pods this week. Y'all know the drill. We will be back on Monday as always. But right now. Currently, my plan for the weekend, AJ, I got to do a little bit of hedge trimming. Going to be honest with you. It, it's Manscaped weekend at the Rudo household. And I have my lawnmower trimmer 3.0 rocking and ready to go. Even has the LED flashlight so I can I can really get in there to the crevices as as needed. Because, I mean, look, just look at my face. I'm a pretty hairy guy. You can, you can tell, right? If you want to get in on this perfect package kit, which includes the lawnmower 3.0, the crop preserver, and the crop reviser, those being anti-chafe deodorant and spray-on toner to keep everything fresh and clean down there, you can get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use DNVR20. 
make sure you're taking care below the belt and keep it looking fresh for the lady friend or just to feel good about your junk. DMVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DMVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DMVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DMVR Avalanche with AJ Hayfully and Rudo.